David Crosby and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. That's from Deja Vu, one of his most well-known songs from Days Gone By. It's another one of these days when you got to talk about uh, the greats who have passed, or who just did. I mean, the list, it's not going to end for a long time. Uh, in fact, he was, he's been on my mind as the one that might go first because of his health, uh, 81. Over the past, I don't know how many years, a liver transplant, mm -hmm. uh, several heart attacks. He had eight different stents in his heart. Oh, eight? Oh, yeah. Um, not healthy. And by all accounts that I have read and have already known over the years, uh, David Crosby was an unlikable jerk. Uh, he, he even calls himself that, that he, he has been difficult and was difficult. This guy, in the annals of, of rock history, well, first of all, he began a band called The Birds with Roger McGuinn and with, um, oh God, I, uh, Chris Hillman and uh, a bunch of them and wrote a number of those songs. His voice was never that out front with the birds. It was mainly uh, McGuinn in most cases. But he had a part in writing uh, uh, Turn, 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 which is, is pretty much right from the Bible. And the birds uh, had hits and played for about three years. He was a great influence, uh, or the birds were, on people like Tom Petty, which is very obvious. And uh, you know, Petty even even said that himself. He's he went through so many things, but he was the one that was always the a hole in the bunch. After three years, they had enough of him, and they tossed him out of the band because he had taken to uh, being on stage and doing the hits. But he would stop and start talking about politics and running his mouth about things like that which did not please the other guys in the band. And so they tossed him out. Um, there's just so much here to discuss. And then he gets together with uh, Graham Nash, who came from the Hollies. And his voice was very well known. And uh, a guy named Stills, Stephen Stills, from the, the uh, Buffalo Springfield. And their first album is a legendary piece of work. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Love that. Was the hit and um, uh, uh, endless songs that he wrote and uh, uh, played on. Amerikash Express. In all of their songs, it seems like there is one voice that stands out. Sometimes it's Graham. Usually it's Stephen and the harmonies. And then they brought in Neil Young for Deja Vu. And um, Neil was as difficult if not more so than Crosby. So this band has been embroiled in uh, just arguments and ugliness back and forth. The last time they played here, I saw them play, I think, twice over the years at Mud Island. And this is a band that, not to be um, unkind to them uh, as they age, the sound of their records, and this, this, is, was, this was the late 60s and the early 70s, those harmonies were made in the studio. When they played them live, depending upon what condition 
uh, they were in. Because Stills had a really, really bad run of uh, being a drunk and a cokehead. And um, uh, Crosby's addictions were well known. One of the things that set him back on a, on a path to getting his act together, he played a club down in Dallas called Cardi's, which I have mentioned before. That's where I first saw you too. And the backstage area was a door to kind of a kitchen that was covered by a curtain. And so Crosby was on the road with his band. And this story goes back, which you may recall. Uh, but the cops in Dallas were on to him and knew of his habits. And they walked in hmm. this backstage door, or this curtain, <laughs> and there's Crosby sitting there smoking meth. Oh, gosh. That didn't go well. So he was locked up. He spent time in jail. He spent time in in rehab a bunch of times. Um, there are just so many things here to, to a touch on. I read some of the comments on our Facebook page and found some of the songs that people have wanted to hear. Um, he was a big guy on on Twitter because he he was an argumentative, very frank, very very candid man. I think you have to have respect for that because most of us don't have the balls to be that uh, that just open with how they feel and. Um, the, one of his last tweets came Wednesday evening. He was replying to a Twitter thing that somebody made that said people with tattoos will not go to heaven. People who drink alcohol will not go to heaven. People who eat too much pork will also not go to heaven. Short people will not go to heaven. Okay. <laughs> Crosby replied, I heard the place is overrated, cloudy, period. <laughs> I saw that in the story. <laughs> uh, and then, I guess that this piece of audio from CNN and uh, Christian Anampur, uh, Amanpour, who interviewed him, I don't know when this was, he got off the road eight months ago. He kept making records. He he knew he was going to die. And uh, he said that recently. And um, he, one of his last wishes, he hasn't talked to, to Stills or Young or Graham Nash in years. And so towards the end, he was trying to rectify some of these things and apologize and uh, heal the wounds that has hampered that band and did forever. He wanted them to uh, forgive him. And his wife um, said that uh, he just um, he just he, he, he just hopes that they will forgive him and will come to this funeral. He is having it uh, on his horse farm in California. One of the other other great great things about his life, he learned, I don't know how many years ago, that he had a son uh, that was made in the, uh, I guess, in his 20s. And the gal who had the baby uh, gave it up for adoption, James Raymond. And 
somehow and some way, uh, this young man went in search, is he my father? And in fact, he was his father. Hmm. And I recall seeing them on television. They had a band. They wrote songs together. And uh, so he had that bit of a blessing in his life to, to meet this son he never knew. They went on to make some albums and do tours and, and things like that. So he had that going for him, and that was a, a, a pretty nice touch. Um, God, there's so many things here. And the uh, comments came out yesterday from, uh, from uh, Graham Nash and Stephen Stills. And they were very uh, touched and moved, and probably they have regrets about not being a little bit more close. But, you know, even your friends, after enough years of having to deal with your drunk ass and being rude <laughs> yeah. and being a jerk, you know, some people, they even your family, they just become people and you don't have time for it. And so they pretty much all gave up on him. And um, so he carried on and made records uh, forever. None of them were ever hits, but he is known for a number of tunes, which we have uh, have uh, pulled up here to, to to play. And once again, this is one of these people that that many people I would suspect under about forty years old, they may know the work, they may know the band's name, but they don't really um, have any great connection to it, as far as. Um, the emotional memories and the soundtrack to your life stuff. But this this was a big, big band. And as time has gone by, the one that has kept on making records or did for a long time was Stephen Stills. And somebody asked ask Crosby, who is the best of the songwriters in CSNNY? And I think he is exactly right when he says, oh, it, it was Stills, no contest. He's the best guitar player, the best singer, and the best of the writers in this band. I admire him tremendously. So Stills apparently is the only one that had some contact with him as he knew he, knew he was going to die. He just knew that it was coming and made light of it. Uh, so let's roll a piece of this interview with Christine Amanpour from CNN. What did she ask him directly to lead into this this answer, which is very, very, very frank? She was asking him about uh, regrets and uh, how in his documentary he talked a lot about that and how he felt about uh, how his bandmates were in the beginning and how they were, their relationship is now and... That's what he opens up talking about. Uh, here is David Crosby um, from an interview on CNN. Go ahead. When you when you meet when you're when you start a band, you're in love with each other. You think it's wonderful. You love each other's songs and you love the chemistry and it's exciting. And you have a great time and you 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 accommodate each other really pretty well. Forty years later, when you've done it for forty years, and it's devolved to just turn on the smoke machine and play your hits. 
It's not musically exciting, it's not fun, and we weren't friends. You say something to the effect of, you know, it's hard not to be able to tell the people you love what they meant to you and what, what this all meant to you. And in the film you say, and it's very powerful, I still have friends, but all the main guys that I made music with won't even talk to me. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I think, you know, uh, I certainly have been, you know, an opinionated and abrasive and, uh, and difficult guy uh, my whole life. And I'm sure that there are many times when I let them down. I, I know I did by becoming a junkie. I let them down worse than anything they ever did to me. Becoming a junkie was really the lowest possible thing I could have done. And, uh, but I, I, I think we were all horrible to each other many times. You know, I, I, I could list all kinds of instances, but I don't think that's the, this is the venue mm -hmm. for that. I, I'm not really looking to try and put it back together. I, I would do it if they came to me and they wanted to, uh, but I, I don't really think that's gonna happen. And I'm busy making music as fast as I can. You know, I, I feel quite artistically satisfied and happy and excited. Uh, I'm not really looking to uh, reunite. Or no, I don't mean reunite. I just mean, um, you know, maybe, maybe repair a friendship for, for posterity. Yeah, no, no, that I, that I would like to do. I think it's a valid, a valid thing. G good point. I, there, I've done it more with friends that I've, that I've lost over the years mm -hmm. uh, than I, I have tried to do it with these guys. These, they are fairly set in, in where they are. They've, they've said it repeatedly. They don't want to talk to me and they don't like me and they don't want to work with me. And I'm cool with that, frankly. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I'm cool with that, want to work with me. <laughs> frankly. Uh, Stephen Stills, who is, uh, to me, uh, is, is as, as he said, the best of that bunch. And... Um, Stephen was on the tweet machine and was saying various things. And he said uh, that he was happy to be at peace with David. Without question, he was a, a, a giant of the business. And his, his harmonic uh, sensibilities were nothing short of genius. He was the one with the really high voice. Okay, yeah. And, and, and then Graham Nash was right there underneath him. Um, I guess, I mean... I'm no great fan of <clears throat> of uh, Neil Young for a number of reasons. I, I just never... His Harvest album was a genius work. Um, I, I just never really was attached to him. But Stills is the one that did the best songs uh, before and after. So Stephen says, The glue that held us all together as our vocal soared like Icarus uh, towards the sun was because of him. I am very saddened at his passing, and she'll miss him beyond measure. Uh, and then still said, and get, get this, we're going to roll this uh, next song. The opening harmonies on this, I believe, are just uh, Crosby and Nash, because their voices were the blending parts that worked the best. And um, so Stills, on Wednesday, I think, he... What did he say? Uh, he came across a series of tweets, and then he read in this morning's paper, that was Wednesday, uh, a quote from Gustav uh, Mahler that stopped me for a moment, says Stills. 
The quote is that death has on placid cat's paws entered the room. I should have known something was up. David Crosby, rest in peace. Here he is with his friends, his uh, comrades, whatever they were, uh, Graham Nash and Stephen Stills. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Well, okay then. Uh, we will uh, get back to playing and discussing the life of David Crosby, who died yesterday. Not really a shock. I mean, he was 81 years old. This isn't like mm -hmm. Lisa Marie, who was 54, and Sid has some more details on that production that's coming up this weekend, which I, I can't imagine how that's going to go. Uh, but there are other things happening in the world. I don't I don't like to talk about, about rumors and such and hearsay. However, when you hear from a couple of people overnight um, about the possibility of something... Well, this kid Tyree Nichols, uh, who was killed on January 10th after a, a, a traffic stop. He was allegedly beaten to death by the police officers. And the body cam, there is footage, I am assuming, from several of these officers. I don't want to disparage or make any judgments on them. However, this is apparently very, very damning evidence of an ugly situation. Uh, the officers involved, Sid pulled up the piece about how they've been addressed and handled. What, uh, what does this say, Sid? Right. Well, he was pulled over on the 7th and he passed away on the 10th. Um, okay. St. Francis, because his injuries were severe enough that he had to go to the hospital. And though the, the story from Channel 5 says that we don't know how many officers were involved in the traffic stop, we do know there are multiple officers and these officers received notices of violations early in the week. Uh, what's next is these officers appear before a panel of MPD leaders, which is set to happen at the end of this week. Well, today's Friday. I don't know when that's mm -hmm. going to be. Then it will be determined if or which policies were violated and what possible punishment these officers will face. And Mayor Strickland says, I know it's not moving as fast as people want, but you can't discipline government employees as fast as you can in the private, in the private sector. It's happening faster in the city of Memphis that, than the city has ever done before, but we're trying to do the right thing. So well, he says any potential charges yeah. that come from this panel hearing can only uh, be civil in nature. Um, so that, you know, now the TBI is is uh, investigating p potential criminal charges would uh, would have to come from the TBI or the Shelby County District Attorney's Office. Yeah, FBI is involved. Um, uh, Steve Mulroy, uh, the DA, says that they are not going to rush this. But the other talk is that uh, this footage is going to be shown today to somebody. Uh, his parents are involved. His mother does not wish to see any of this. Would you want to watch your kid beaten to death? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Uh, his father just sounds very angry. But the, the, but the talk is that once this footage is shown, uh, unlikely it'll ever be shown on local television because apparently it is brutal. Uh, but there are concerns about the reaction in the community, let's say, once this gets out. The problem here is going to be that people that don't even see it, uh, 
are going to make assumptions and go nuts. Mm-hmm. And that is a concern among law enforcement. The word on the street is that it is going to be really, really careful with this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're, they're going to hold this back uh, and who will even see the footage. I'm sure anybody in law enforcement and the DA and whomever will be watching this and deciding how to go forward with it. Uh, if this tape is so potentially inciting that they're going to take their time to show it, you know there's something uh, really ugly on this tape. There's a picture of this dude in the hospital. He's been beaten uh, mm-hmm. uh, badly. Um, he ran from the popo. Rule number one, don't run from the popo. And don't cuss them and don't be an, don't be an ass. That's where it all started. And I don't know if these officers were black or white, but there is an issue here kind of bubbling under and we'll see where this goes from here. But no one really seems to know. The other thing that I did not spend a lot of time on is this proposed concept of letting some of these young thugs out of jail with no bond. What was it called? Call Wes? Or Sid? Go ahead, Wes. The cashless right. cashless uh, bail program. What is the What is the thought behind this? It's designed to reduce the jail population. And Good. People, yeah, put now, them back on the street to kill some more people. See, that's the first dang thought I had. Mm-hmm. What? Give the people without the financial means a fair shake in the criminal justice system. So, um, but obviously people are like, what? then they're going to go back to doing what they were doing. They got them in there in the first place. Mm. So uh, it says, um, I haven't read this. The... There are 2,100 inmates at 201 Poplar waiting for their day in court. Just turn them so, all loose. Let's go for it. I mean, it. that's what, you know, I guess some people who broke into cars, they feel like, you know, well, those are those are some people that have already gotten out like 24 Y'all hours later. Y'all are bad. Go on home now. Yeah. Go watch TV um, somewhere and try and act right. District uh, Attorney Steve Mulroy says the cashless bail program will bring Equity and equality to the justice system. What will it, what will it what? bring back to the streets? He says there will be. There I don't understand this. Is there? I don't really is either. there some kind of a some kind of a hidden agenda here? I don't understand that. He he says there there'll be a lot fewer people who really shouldn't be behind bars and are only there because they can't afford cash bail. So what the standing bail order provides is that after someone is arrested within 72 hours, they get a prompt bail hearing in front of a judicial commissioner. But I guess these people are not getting that because they can't afford. So they have this calculator that they use. <laughs> so just turn them loose. That's good. That's <laughs> they have good. some something that, that uh, can look up their financial circumstances that's never been done in Shelby County before. They're going to use that and determine their what they call PSA score looking for pre, looking at previous convictions warrants and current charges to determine this PSA score and then a judicial commissioner not a judge uses that to decide if any bail should be set well i suppose we shouldn't make any assumption and disparage those in charge but if they're in there on a weed charge then cut them loose if, that, if that's all they've done that's one of the most that's one of the biggest biggest reasons for 
for jail overcrowding in America. It is stuff like that. Uh, but th this does not define what kind of crime you have to commit to be kept in jail. Or do they just say, well, he has no money. We don't have time to let somebody be his uh, defender. Just cut him loose. If it's car theft, well, they're going to go back to right back to doing it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to be arrogant about it, but that's just how this works. They're 17 years old, got no life, got no family. So let's go out and just, you know, steal some more cars and shit. Who cares? Yeah, and uh, that's, it's, it's it, infuriating the mayor. There, there, there has to be more to this than meets the eye. I don't want to make any opinions or judge or say stuff that's, that is, you know, wrong or insulting to the officials in charge, but Jesus, sounds a little bit funky to me. Wes? Uh, it's, these kind of things are always way more complicated than people want them to be. I mean, yep. the, the first reaction is cashless bail, so just throw them out in the street to do what they're doing again. But then we hear more about it, and then it's, well, if it's this, then then that would be okay to put them back out on the street again. But yep. Yeah, this is I not. mean... I so, yeah, this, this is certainly a very uh, involved system, and, you know, if, if we could know more about it that would probably be good but uh i wonder how many people would bother to take the time to actually learn about it before throwing out some opinion about it yes and it also is not a good idea to take the local news story and you know base your opinions on that uh, they hit the high points and they leave things out well that's just a fact they, yeah, they and, don't and include this... every specific that needs to be in there so don't make your decisions based upon what's on TV or the website. Yeah, again, well, with, uh, well, uh, well, sorry, so the, the story that you were you you had had a lot of quotes from the family and the friends and the, the people who knew the the victims. Not so many from officials because they, like uh, Strickland said in that uh, statement, the wheels of government and law move slow, and yep. so there's not uh, much that they can say at this point. So everything we know is weighted a lot on the uh, side of the people who can speak right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's probably it, best not to bring this into a more dramatic place than it needs to be. Uh, you know, so far, no one knows anything. But when there is chatter from people who are in the know and work around uh, that entire world at uh, 201 Poplar, if when when they're talking people that we know that are valid you know that there's where there's smoke there's fire let's just hope it isn't going to be anything more than that and there's no more to be said about it until somebody says something that is definitive in nature and then we can make up our minds then and bitch about it among ourselves but <laughs> yeah uh, but all of that said i still think it's incumbent to keep attention on this story so that it doesn't get swept under the rug as time goes by under the idea of, well, let's wait to hear what they have to say. Yep. Well, we'll see. Let's move along. Um, Alec Baldwin. Uh, this is a, this is an interesting one. They spent, this has been about a year ago, since on the set of the film Rust, he's playing a cowboy. They're in a small church. He is handed a gun that has been checked by the armorer, who is the person in charge of the gun by an associate producer or somebody director uh, and the phrase um, cold gun was issued 
there is a piece of tape I saw yesterday that's a little bit uh, arresting, if you will, of him. Uh, he is pointing the gun at something. He doesn't shoot it, I don't think, but he 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 is you know pointing it. One of the first things you learn as a kid, if your father is a teacher of how to handle guns, these ain't toys, don't point even a fake gun at anybody. Mm -hmm. Don't point a stick. This isn't funny. It's not, you know, playing around. Well, uh, so Baldwin, in, in the prep for this scene, points the gun at the camera and at the lady who is behind the camera. Uh, Helena Hutchins is her name. Why he pulled the trigger, I don't know. But it killed her. So... Those in the know in the business, um, uh, legally, have been looking at this from all sides for over a year. The armorer, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, will face the same charges as will Baldwin, which are involuntary manslaughter. One of the guys involved uh, already reached some kind of agreement. Uh, he is going to do six months probation, blah, blah, blah. I guess just for being careless. Uh, so the DA uh, in New Mexico, where all this went down, says that on my watch, there is nobody above the law. Everyone deserves justice. So they have looked at this now for the past year and decided that these charges were appropriate. Are the charges being done to assuage the family and their anger and pain and loss? Is this just some kind of you know, show for the public. I don't know. Uh, it is it is really hard to imagine that Alec Baldwin meant to kill her. He was told the gun has no live rounds in it. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it it obviously did, and it seems to me that that that's the problem. Why was there a live round in that gun? That's yeah, what no one knows. And they talked and talked and talked to the people who handed it to him, to people who were responsible for it, to the people who had all the stuff on the cart, to bring it to the set, yada, yada, yada. Or, then they left I mean, the happened, set yeah. and came back, and the gun was still laying there. Which leads you to wonder, Did it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, did somebody put a live round in there as the next round up in that pistol? And it, it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, that was a big news story. And Alec Baldwin, uh, I'm sure he's upset by it. He was distraught as he should have been and will be for the rest of his life. If he can stop having kids. He has about 17 kids now. Jeez. Stop it. No. Put it in your pants But he does have a out. lot, doesn't he? Jeez Louise. He has seven or eight or nine. I don't know, Christ, who mm. cares? But uh, it's just, just insane. So that one is in the news today. There's no point or purpose in going into government discussions about the debt ceiling and how the sky is falling and we're all going to lose all of our money and we're screwed. The deadline came and went yesterday. This is another issue of D's and R's and fighting and who has the biggest penis. It's embarrassing, never-ending bullshit. Uh, it's not going to stop. But... If they don't fix this, we're going to have some problems. Obviously, they will fix this. But 
at what cost to who or to whom or to whomever. Nonetheless, it's a big story affecting this economy. And if I, it's just it happens over and over again, shutting down government. Can't you do something productive for a change? Maybe accomplish something and just stop penis measuring. <laughs> That'd be a good name for a band too. Penis mm-hmm. measuring. Opening up for ACDC. We are penis <laughs> measuring. That's too many syllables uh, in the wrong order. Anyway, yeah, so no, no, you know, that's just all the real news stuff that I can take for the time being. I, I just don't want to know. There's football. The playoffs are all weekend long. For the National Football League, this is the a division a series out there with there are eight teams left. All right, and. This begins tomorrow and then goes into Sunday. Let me get down here to what's happening. All right. Tomorrow in the NFC, the Giants play at the Eagles. Number one seed Eagles um, are, I suppose, favored to win this, but who knows? Uh, Tomorrow, uh, Jacksonville plays the Chiefs. That's at 3.30. The Giant-Eagle game is at 7.45 on Fox tomorrow night. On Sunday at 5.30, the Cowboys play the 49ers, and the Buffalo Bills are hosting the Bengals at 2 o'clock on CBS. So this is going to be fun. It's down to these eight teams, and then we see what happens. And then who plays in the Super Bowl February 12th? And and let's just get it over with, okay? Uh, Baseball teams should be uh, back in camp in a couple of weeks, pitchers and catchers. Report usually about mid-February, and then the games start on February 24th. So, we uh, the Tigers won last night and looked good doing it, playing Wichita State, whatever they are. And uh, it was touch and go for a bit, but the Tigers uh, turned it on. They have three of their main guys are hurt, but nonetheless, they came back and looked really, really good. And I, um, the Grizz, ESPN had this, this big... Uh, Big story about how they are the hottest team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And they are. 11 straight. Mm-hmm. Tonight, awesome. the Grizzlies play at the um, at L.A., the Lakers, who are not very good. And we'll see how all of that works out for, for these people. So we're going to take a break and play some songs and then uh, talk a little bit more about the life of uh, David Crosby, who is a controversial uh, figure, I believe, in rock and roll. His talents were unquestionable. His he was in the Birds, for God's sake. Then with uh, with uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and then he and Graham Nash went off together and made some some of their own own music that was really good. But they have been estranged, not friends, for a long time. And thank goodness this morning that there are some. Very nice comments from Stills and from Nash. Not a word from Neil Young. Because David Crosby, he really doesn't care what he says. And where are these attacks? He um, he says that Neil doesn't really do politics, so he never really got along. He said um, he's probably the most self-centered self-obsessed 
Selfish guy I know. He thinks about Neil. Period. <laughs> and then he lashed out and made some comments uh, about Neil divorcing his wife of decades, uh, Peggy. Then he married uh, Daryl Hannah. And Crosby made some uh, really heavy, rude comments about her being nothing but uh, that she was preying on him for his money. That seems kind of rude, but he didn't care what he said. <laughs> and so <laughs> he left behind two daughters. He has a son with his current wife. His name is Django, his, his oldest child that he um, got back together with, I guess, about 30 years ago. Um, they were, were, were close and it's, it is also forgotten that Melissa Etheridge mm -hmm. and her then partner, uh, her name is, um, uh, Julie Cypher. They wanted to have a baby. And when you're running down the list of people that might contribute to the process, is David Crosby your first choice? I don't know why. I mean, that <laughs> seems odd. Maybe it was the, uh musical genes that they were interested in. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Um, was the kid born with that giant mustache? <laughs> and if he was, they his hit mouth. Well. God, that gets on my nerves. <laughs> Chewing yeah. on his... The, the last time that they played here um, was Mud Island. Well, not... Well, that's not true. Uh, they played out at the garden someplace, you said, said uh, sometime. Yeah, uh, I saw them live at the garden. It was I looked it up. It was either two thousand eight or nine and it was and it was great. I just was glad I got to see them live once. I mean, I know that you've seen them a ton and they're they're not as good live as they are, you know, on the record. But I was just excited to, to see them. My husband d doesn't really care for them, but he actually went with me and I maybe he enjoyed himself, but you know, it could have been the beer. But uh <laughs> yeah. Well, they, I was like I was glad a, to see them. <laughs> they had a fantastic band always. Um I guess in their earlier years, they had an easier time pulling off those harmonies, but they, as time went by, they just couldn't, couldn't do it. And I think it was in part because of the shape they were in. Um, I, oh God, I had, I've had some uh, moments with uh, Stephen Stills back in the day. He came out at a show in Louisville a long, long time ago. And I knew a guy who was a third grade teacher in Louisville. And he loved this band and he loved Love Stills in particular. And he had his kids write an essay. And I don't remember what song it was on. Maybe Teach Your Children. I don't know. So this guy said, could you possibly get these essays from all these kids to Mr. Stills? at the show and I hmm. said I'll give it my best shot so Stephen came out and he had a bottle of Grand Marnier or some kind of brandy and by the end of the show uh, uh, you know two hours in he had taken off his shirt and he had nothing oh to God. exhibit let me just say that he was <laughs> Okay. A bit puffy and a bit pasty. <laughs> and was so drunk he couldn't even form words. So that was a drag and everyone left. And so I'm allowed to go back and meet Mr. Stills. And um, 
the road manager, I'm, I said, um, I've got this thing here from a teacher and his students have written their opinions of this work and it's, it's really a nice thing to have done for him. And I said, can I go over and talk to him? And the dude just looked at me and kind of laughed and said, sure, go for it. <laughs> oh, God. Knowing what I was walking oh, into. And he looked up and mumbled. He was speaking in tongues. Oh, God. And I said, I'm a radio guy from around here. And this, this teacher, he said, yeah, that's great. And took the folder and turned around and I left. And being a you know fan of his, I just, I just love what he did. Mm. Except when he had a bottle of, an entire, entire bottle of this brandy in him. He was a complete vegetable. So that, that will impair your performance on a stage. The last time they were at Mud Island, and Zeke and I would broadcast from the press box, and the promoter wanted me to interview somebody in the band, uh, and I really didn't want to. Uh, those things are they're either great or they fall flat on their face, and you're embarrassed, and they're embarrassed, or they're rude at the idea of having to walk up those stairs and go up into that press box. Well, I said, um, let me have Graham Nash because he's the one that seems to be the most uh, not not drunk. <laughs> uh, not drunk. And so we were up there. The band uh, kind of rolled in there. There was a Harley Davidson, this uh, gorgeous bike, sitting down there by the stage. And I watched Crosby uh, get off the bus, and he put his stuff down uh, and got on that bike immediately and put his helmet on and took off and wasn't seen again un until showtime. I never saw stills. But Graham Nash came up to this press box. He, he was a, a British guy, a gentleman, uncomfortable though it was to be in a press box at this gig having to be on and I'm thinking what am I going to ask Graham Nash <laughs> so man uh, how's it going I those moments are some of the most uncomfortable yeah things uh, that you can do so we both are wearing headphones and waiting for this song to end and we are playing I kid you not Wanted Dead or Alive by Bon Jovi Really? Oh yep. And uh, I'm thinking, boy, this is a great stager to interview Graham F. and Nash. Yeah, right. And so the song ended, and it came to me, and I said, um, I'm here with one of tonight's performers. Uh, this is Graham Nash, and we just played his favorite song by Bon Jovi. I believe he sang harmony on it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! You did that. And that, and that broke him up, <laughs> and so then it was easier. So, man. awesome. Do you remember the memories what, what, that pop back in? Yeah. Remember? Do you remember what you talked about with him? Did anything stand out? No. <laughs> I know it was a long time ago, but. <laughs> so how drunk is uh, Crosby and or Stills tonight, sir? Right. <laughs> right. Which one of you is is sober beside you? And they, they just wow. for for as great as they were, 
their voices didn't work together anymore. They just didn't. And they were messed up, and it was just sloppy. And Nash, I think, became embarrassed by the entire thing. But mm. um, do you have uh, wooden ships pulled up there, Wesley? Yeah, it's ready to go. All right. Uh, Sid found some interesting facts about this man, David Crosby, whose life is is now over. And this song was written, I don't know what part of the 60s, during the uh, Vietnam War. And he wrote it with Stephen Stills and Paul Kettner from the Jefferson Airplane. They were on a boat because these guys were all really fond of the boats and the water. And so Paul Kettner um, could not be credited at the time as being one of the writers on the song. So this song is about the Vietnam War and a socially conscious uh, kind of a song that has been remembered for a long time. So we'll play you this and come back in a minute. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. This is Wooden Ships. Available all the time at DrakeCallMemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Yeah, man, that's us on Friday talking about David Crosby and memories of that man and his music. Doesn't it seem like that we're talking about death a lot? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because people keep we're, dying. We're just not, <laughs> and we're just getting started is the yeah. unfortunate part of that. Yeah. The number of people who are older than you never increases. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is horrible. Yeah. You know, oh, good. Well, well, okay. So years ago, when I used to run the board for the Howard Stern show, when I when I was a baby DJ, um, you know, he always talk. He always thank you. He always. I don't know if that's good or bad. He would always talk about he had this death pool like on the wall in the studio or oh, whatever. Yeah. Who he thought. Oh, yeah. So, somebody that I know, it, sort of, it's not written down, but in their head they have one. And so yesterday I go. Did you have David Crosby? And he goes, yes. And I go, oh, my God. That's horrible. But I said, <laughs> well, he's 81. I know. I I, it's trusted horrible. him. You're, it's not written down. You're not, you're not like, Wes. <laughs> That's true. No, this is a person well, I trust. But it's, you're I've not always wishing, thought that, but you're, you, know, hmm. you know, when in doubt, pick the Pope. It's a guaranteed mm-hmm. lock. So. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, God. You're not wrong. You're I'm not, not wrong. I know. I'm not what? wrong. Or pick mm. any rock star from exactly. a band from 65 to 75. But then look at Keith Richards and Ozzy, <clears throat> two who, who I'm not Ozzy want to, is but barely should. alive, and Keith, I think about him all the time. Because yeah, I have this ring that I wear that, it, that is the one <laughs> oh, that yeah. uh, Keith wears. Yeah. And um, I think about him all the time. And I think about the days that will come when. I mean, Paul McCartney's 80 years old. Oh, crap, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ringo Starr's 81. Mick and Keith are late 70s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, they're, yeah. but those guys are all healthy. Yeah. You know, Crosby got, to, got a new liver. Yeah, he had true, eight heart attacks, true. you know. True. Yeah. You've got to have these outliers, though, that are still alive and functioning at these advanced ages to counteract and get the average back right for all the kids who died at 27. Yeah. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran's still walking around. So what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> Ginger. 
you said ginger. Speaking of gingers, on the very side note, weird thing, because, hey, we're not on radio, so whatever, I can interrupt. You have to see the interview that Stephen Colbert did with uh, Prince Harry. I saw it the other night. Oh, okay. and it's I, I'm not a I mean I'm not saying I'm a rah rah Prince Harry and Meghan fan I don't I don't care about the book I don't care but I, I, Stephen Colbert to me is funny as hell and oh, he I saw that he yeah. was going to be on there and I was like oh my god I have to watch this and we record the show anyway and he's on for all three he's on the entire show and he okay sure he's royalty but he just acts like down to earth funny um, sure he's promoting his book yes I know. But it was good. It, you might, you might. That's check why it out. he you bailed like from it. this uppity. You know, I'm, I'll <laughs> yeah, watch yeah, it today. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why he he wanted out of there. No yeah. more royal family. My ass. It's 2022. Three. Let's get over it. <laughs> Two, three. <laughs> you know, help. Yeah. Anyway, it's good. I, I mean, there are real, real. There, there are some problems there, and the royal family seems to be diminished in my lifetime. That they, they've always been held up to these standards and this is and crowns and robes and shit and all the ceremonial stuff and but when prince philip goes and then the queen goes a year later and the two boys um are at odds and he marries a girl who has got a racial mix and everybody goes ape shit because she's half black oh. and they didn't oh we're not racist no hell no oh yes you are and mm. Maybe you don't mean to be, but it's just part of your blood. And the bloodline is all that matters in these things, in some cases. So, you know, Prince Charles has been, or King Charles, has been very low-key. Mm-hmm. He fired yeah, most he, yeah. most everybody. He kept, you know, like, I guess one guy to bring him his tea, but he cleaned house. <laughs> and uh, so... He his toilet. Yeah. He does that by himself. No, he fired that guy too. Uh, the book has sold 3.2 million copies worldwide. Spare. Well, what was the what was the uh, the high the most he had to sell to break it or something? 1.7 million. That's what I thought. One something. In the UK, right. it sold 400,000 copies on its first day. U.S. sales. Now, now, just dig this odd, odd dynamic. Those copies in the UK, four hundred thousand in every kind of format. In the in this country, four times that many, one point six million copies. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We have some kind of is it adoration or respect or the mystery of the crown? We have a Is that why America likes them? We have a fascination with it because it's yeah. really alluring to, to have this idea of if you can have all this power and influence just because of the family you were born in and all the intrigue that goes along with that, but also not have to pay for it or live under them. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what you what makes you wonder if they look at anybody in the United States, not definitely not that, that like that, but... At all, sort of like that. The Probably Queen looked not. at John F. Kennedy like that and well, invited okay. him to the to 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 her little crib. That's right. Um, the final, well, let's see. So, uh, spare may set records for nonfiction, but no book in memory approaches the sales pace for another Harry, Harry and the Hendersons, that bear guy. His oh, book, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> No, I no. I'm sorry. That was wrong. Uh, 
It's Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. That sold 10 million copies in 24 hours. Damn. Yep. And that was all about British weirdos, too, right? Yeah, but it was. It turns out it was non. It was not nonfiction. So, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, it wasn't real. It, it was, was just fiction. all made up. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was all weird. <laughs> well, I mean, we real, not... real and weird. <laughs> so, Dumbledore and that and uh, Dumbledore and <laughs> and the Hobbits German and cousin. shit were all in that. Or, uh, That's hilarious. I can't keep up with this stuff. Who can? How, don't you don't have to. You, you should be, be happy it sold that many because most of them were for were bought by kids who read. That's exactly right. That's good. Yeah. And so that that part of the book world, you understand that part. I have no clue. Uh, Sid's kid may have read some of them. He didn't. Uh, he, one of my kids uh, and my grandson have read everything that they ever that she ever read. Um, so. I guess it's good. So anyway, I'm going to find the uh, Colbert thing and look at that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what are, are some of the texts from these fine people? Elizabeth says, David Crosby, these things don't come in threes anymore. More like three cubed, like nine. Either way, yep. they're rising like flies. Right done. Um, R.I.P. Like David flies. Crosby. I know. Uh, I don't, <laughs> That's do a really bad, I, I, bad, <laughs> bad vision. I haven't heard that idiom before. Flies around his decomposing body, laying in the backyard, far out. Bah. Shockley says, thanks for playing Crosby out of his Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young bandmates in the last decade or so. His newer music has been far superior to the others. I-M-H-O. And I forgot what that means. I'm stupid. I, what does that mean, Wesley? I-M-H-O. I-M-H-O? I-M-H-O? Yeah. I may have opinions. Uh, maybe. Um... I may hate Oprah. That's what it stands for. <laughs> He's laughing right now, I'm sure. Um, uh, on the on the subject of Alec Baldwin, no, sorry, not there yet. This person says, and it's a quote, McGuinn and Hillman didn't fire me over my music. They fired me for being an asshole, says David Crosby. <laughs> That's a fact, yeah. in my um, humble opinion. Yeah. Therese says, I remember when Crosby was arrested in Dallas. I was living there, and oh my goodness, my hippie friends were all in an uproar. They were too stoned to do anything about it, but they were all being lawyers on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, 50 people just texted. It means, in my humble opinion. Right, I just threw that in. I don't freaking know. Uh, I'm going to stay with mine. I may hate Oprah. That's what it stands for now. I hate Oprah. Um... Somebody talked about the rust. Oh, some somebody t- on the on the uh, Alec Baldwin thing. They said um, the the person handed him a gun, and the idea was for him to point it at the camera and pull the trigger. Think you know? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mitzi they probably the- did did some kind of rehearsal. You would think. Yeah. These these kind of films go through. There isn't just you know one take hardly ever. So did he shoot the damn thing, you know, four or five times and then come to the live round? No, no one seems to know. It'll all come out. What else? Oh, this, yeah, here's what, from what I heard, he wanted to check the gun, but they wouldn't let him. The plan was to point it at the camera and pull the trigger. I don't know. Um, but he Mitzi, pulled it before somebody said action. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. 
Mitzi says, Mitzi from the Dirty Dova says, Love Drake Digital. Have been a longtime listener of rock. Went to high school with Zeke. Uh, listen to y'all every day. Keep rocking. Mitzi from the Dirty Dova. By the way, I still have this stereo, and she sends us a picture of a probably from the 80s stereo that she still has with what looks Good like either an eight track or a, and a cassette tape. Nice, oh, wow. Mitzi. Thank Keep you. those eight tracks. Eight tracks. Worth a wow. fortune someday. Yeah. Good I for know. you. Goodness. Yeah. Lots of sweet comments about David Crosby on the Facebook page. Scott says, poor dude, he lived a hard life, much like Jerry Lee. I admire him in many ways. The sad thing is that all of us folks who've been watching this planet rotate for more than a half a century are slowly watching all of our favorite artists leave us more frequently. Life is short, but rock and roll will never die, and the music carries on forever. That is well said, yes. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, and it, as I mentioned before, it. these are people that you didn't ever know but they made a connection with your heart and your mind that was is always there and each time one of them goes away a little you know part of you goes with them and Mm -hmm. the part that i dread is you know what's to come uh there will be days when it'll be hard to even discuss this stuff but oh god but crosby is um he was an iconic guy and I hate for him to die and to be known as as more of an asshole than a great talent. But he was both. And well, sometimes he admitted that it. but that anger uh, and such can sometimes, you know, lead to great work. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the quote about the road to excess and to the path of wisdom? William Blake I think said that, but um yeah, it's um but he 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 knew he was on the way out. And I I, I think he's probably happier than he has been in about 30 years. But I don't know because I haven't been there yet, but we'll yeah. find out. What else? Uh, Jason said, so happy I got to hear them live. Sandy says, what is going on this month? Three people that were awesome at what they do have gone. So, so sad. Rest in peace. You will be missed. Kelly says, it's very sad about that. I downloaded your, your app today and loving the music selection. Thank you, says Kelly. Um, Kim says, though it was written by Graham Nash, I hope you'll play the last To the Last Whale. Graham's and David's harmonizing were fantastic in, we this, two-part, in this two-part tune, A Critical Mass and Be Wind on the Water. We played um, it an hour ago, yeah. Uh, they, they probably heard it. They typed this yesterday. Gene uh, says, I hate to Keep hear up. that Some. Sometimes I wonder why we get old so fast. Love their music. Thanks for sharing. Um, Laura says, this one is hard. He made it, have made it through just playing all the songs with the beautiful harmonies of all of them and some cuts from his newest album that's called For Free. And she A loves- song that he, that was written by Joni Mitchell. Oh. And um, he and Joni were very close at one point in their lives and one of his most gorgeous songs is about her and i guess his very first first wife it's called guinevere and it's on their very first album it is a a beautiful song Uh, but it was it's a little bit too i mean it's just i didn't want to play it today it's just i don't know kind of kind of slow and dreamy and sad and we need to be up as much as we can so that that must be the album we used to listen to at the end of coll- uh, end of high school and beginning of college all the time. Lady of the Island is also yeah. just a great song. You know, I th- this 
you know, as these things go by and these people die, I, I have these little flashbacks to stories uh, that I have forgotten about entirely. And it is one more affirmation that we need to learn to live in the moment. And we, and you hear that it's a cliche, but you hear it all the time. And I wish I had been a lot more present in some of the situations I was in from, I guess, about 20 years on and the interviews and time that I spent with people. And I wish I could have them on tape. In fact, they were taped uh, in some cases, but they're gone. In San Diego, this is the God's honest truth. And I don't remember a lot about the interview uh, because it was, we, we taped it. Roger McGuinn. Now, this is in 1975 or 6, maybe. And McGuinn was out of the birds then. But he came to the studio in uh, San Diego, where I worked. And he had wine, a bunch of bottles of wine, the nicest cat you could ever imagine. And we sat down, and in those days, you could smoke whatever you wanted to in the station, and nobody cared. <laughs> and so I talked to McGuinn for two hours as we consumed everything within arm's reach. And I don't have much memory of what we talked about, but the birds were one of the big discussions. And so certainly, you know, Crosby came up and Gene Clark and Chris Hillman. But um, that was a long time ago. And McGuinn is, if Crosby was 81, then Roger is almost the same way. But I just tell you, uh, just going back, you just don't understand the moment that you're in when it's happening. Uh, that's your life happening right there. And then 50 years on, I don't have a tape of it. Or any, I know, dang it, that sucks. Or any kind of memory uh, of, but we talked and laughed, and the the guy didn't, he didn't owe me any time. He was just, mm -hmm. he just cool. That's cool. We were both kids, and we just talked and drank wine and hung out. And I, what what I would give to recapture and to be in those moments again. But we don't live like that. We're just on to the next thing, and we forget all these important parts. Hmm. Well, then, and and I'm not saying, well, then you probably, people probably didn't, you know, take a bunch of pictures when you're interviewing somebody no. or whatever. No. Like maybe p people did later. Uh, I'm glad I have a picture of my husband and me with the Rolling Stones. But, I mean, that wasn't an interview. That was brief, but it's still, they were nice. But uh, I know, you just don't, it's, it's, too bad we didn't have cell phones with cameras back then. John um, Lennon said um, in a song that life is what happens uh, while you're making other plans. Yeah. That's so good. Yes, that's so true. Yeah, he wrote good words like that a few times. <laughs> yeah. that, that guy, that guy. Yeah. Could have been famous. Yeah. Yeah. Laura, loves famous. Laura says she loves Deja Vu and Carry On. Terry loves Southern Cross. Thomas, Sweet Judy, Blue Eyes. They're all so good. On that note, um, let's see. I want to get to these stories, though. Rejected 
album titles of classic albums. Les has that. A story about Dark Side of the Moon. We're going to get to those in a minute, but because you just mentioned those two songs, we have Deja Vu right into uh, Southern Cross. Let's play those and come right back. Here is Mr. Crosby with his mates uh, on a couple of tunes from entirely different generations. Here you go. This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. In the podcasting, we'll be increasing uh, substantially as, as time goes by. And on a weekly basis, we'll be running the podcast that our friend Bill Jones and his brother and attorney as well, Scott, they do these discussions about various things and they're, they're pretty informative. So we plan to add to the podcasting and the content on this website along with the music and hope that you're attracted to it by something. So spread the word if those people that, I mean, there are, apparently people have had the app on for a long time because it was kind of hard to pick up the station sometimes and there were issues there, but uh, that's neither here nor there. We are here, uh, you know, courtesy of our of our friends at uh, Flynn Broadcasting for providing this feed, if you will. Otherwise, we wouldn't be anywhere. So we will uh, carry on and see what happens. Rejected original titles of classic albums. I wish to hear yes, what this there's... has to say. There's 30 of these that were gathered up on this list. I'll hit the, the favorite ones from mine here. The album now known as Revolver. Original name was going to be Abracadabra. Oh, wow. God. They uh, huh. kicked around a bunch of ideas, apparently, including Four Sides of the Eternal Triangle, Magic Circles, Beatles on Safari, and just settled on Revolver. Because of the double meaning, everyone liked it. And Abracadabra was then taken and turned into a piece of shit by Steve Miller. (laughs) Steve Miller, yeah. Yeah. Because he wanted to reach out and grab you, man. Yeah, grab this. So dumb. Fleetwood Mac Mac almost had an album called Yesterday's Gone. They changed that title uh, in production to Rumors. I'd say that worked out for them pretty well. It, It did, uh, they took Yesterday's Gone from uh, Don't Stop, but, Don't then, stop yeah. but then worked around uh, hmm. rumors. David Bowie almost had an album called Shilling the Rubes. What? Yes. I forgot what, what are rubes? Rubes. Hold on. Is that something bad? Rubes are the suckers. Dumb, dumb oh, people. Oh, 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 duh. Okay. Gullible losers. Yeah. 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 Uh, it That's most ta- of us, really. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hands up. Right. That was taken from a song that didn't make uh, the final album that's now known as Young Americans. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. The Rolling Stones let it bleed. They kicked around a bunch of names, including Automatic Changer, which was, uh, it's kind of reflected in the artwork. If you remember the stack, it's got the one record at the bottom and then the stacks of things like layers of a cake with the stones on top. Mm-hmm. And in the 70s, kids, they had record players where you could stack up like five records at a time. One oh, yeah. would play, oh, I remember those. and then the arm would move back out of the way, and the next one would yeah. drop, and it would drop. start over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. And the Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, you're going to get it. They kicked around uh, titles like Terminal Romance. Great title. And you'll... Hmm. Uh, I think fans will be able to figure this one out. Led Zeppelin almost had an album titled Obelisk that was retitled. Yep. You can guess 
Uh, guess what that was retitled to? Presence. There you oh, go. Oh, oh. duh. Because yeah. it's got and the I, I've told you before. <laughs> yeah, you had one of those. The the uh, label uh, made up the exact obelisk for radio people, uh, some kind of payola or some kind of gift. And just to show you about my you know, previous concept of like, oh, th- this is great. I uh, it sat in my office on Beale Street on a desk for a, a long time, and mm-hmm. I gave it to somebody. Here, I don't want this piece of wood. Dumbass. Well, Drake, I, brought I, it I have my Led Zeppelin blow-up balloon that hangs from the ceiling still, but you, the obelisk is grow way up, cooler. Sid, grow up, Hey, um, I, it's not <laughs> hanging right now, but I still have it. I'm not going to freaking give it to and somebody. And you have a, a very special t-shirt that I got you that is... Yes, it yes. Is, is, that, that is the best Zeppelin t-shirt ever because the word lead isn't on it. Makes no reference. There's no, no mention of the band. It's just... It, it's a picture of a dirigible, whatever they're called, and it says mm-hmm. Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. But I, I had it. that black thing. I wonder on eBay what that thing would go now, for. The now the last time you brought this up, Dang I it. went and looked, and seventeen cents. To, yeah, to your relief, it wasn't you know tens of thousands of dollars. It was <laughs> there were some for you know, under a hundred at that point. So well, who needs that? Oh, okay, yeah, good. Uh, All right, yeah. so. <laughs> The uh, album known as The Beatles was going to be called A Doll's House for a long time. But oh, the White Album? Yeah. A doll's House. Hmm. They, uh, that, hmm. was going, that was the working title for a long time, but they uh, found out that this other group called The Family in Britain released an album called Music in a Doll's House, so they scrapped uh, the, the idea, uh, the cover art that had already been commissioned, and just went with the white uh, look and The Beatles. Which drove the label and the bosses crazy so what is wrong with you it's a white album a double album with your name on it that is barely visible and it has no title what are you nuts no one will buy this thing (laughs) this will never work okay yeah as usual a great decision by some executive (laughs) right bon jovi's album new jersey was originally going to be called sons of beaches Sons of Beaches. Oh, that's yeah. really clever. Yeah. You aren't a cowboy. You aren't a... Shut up. Yeah, see, Nirvana's Nevermind was going to be called Sheep after uh, it to rhyme with the bleach. So, uh, from their, the their first The sheep rhyme with bleach? Uh, close enough for Seattle, I guess. In rap songs it does in Seattle. I think it probably <laughs> is a, a derogatory kind of reference to people. Sheep. What what album? uh, What album was? No, Nirvana's uh, Nevermind. Oh, the second album. And then they have an album called Bleach. Yeah, that's their first album. Yeah, yeah. We just said that. Are you paying attention? Are you? I'm sorry. I was reading a text. I was reading a text. I'm sorry. God, wake up. (laughs) U2's uh, Joshua Tree album was for a long time going to be called the Two Americas because Bono, he says, was inspired by the. Glam version of the country that was projected around the world versus the, it says, salt of the earth version he saw while touring. Uh, but then they he were... He's so um, damn smart. Mojave He's a thinking man. Yeah. If you want to watch, like Sid said before, uh, uh, Colbert interviewed uh, Prince Harry. A couple of months ago, he had, uh, on the entire show, it was uh, Bono. 
Now, oh, you cool. want to see somebody who has a functioning brain uh, and soul. This guy's he's something else. It's really good. I'll have to watch that. This uh, album title, Change, was pretty well known of any, for most Beatles fans, I guess. Abbey Road was for a long time going to be called Everest. And part of the cover shot, shot was going to be them at Everest. And uh, according to the engineer at the time, they said they uh, became more enthusiastic to finish the LP. But someone, you didn't remember who, said, look, I can't be bothered to schlep all the way to the Himalayas for a yeah. cover. Why don't we just go outside, take the photo there, go and call us. the LP Abbey Road and be done with it. Just imagine oh those four sitting around or Mick and Keith and Brian and Bill Wyman and whoever else arguing over the title of an album and how they finally arrive at it at one that they can all agree on. To be a I bet those were some, were some fun times. <laughs> I bet some discussions were Everest. Here. That, boy, Everest. Here's because darn, they have to go to all the way to because there's no green screen. You can't put Everest behind you. You got to go there. <laughs> here's here here's something from the Beatles album Everest. Right. No, I don't think so. <laughs> the Rolling Stones in the early 70s were working on an album they were going to call Tropical Disease. This was when there were tax exiles in the south of France. Because Keith had ew. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ew, ew, ew. That became Exile on Main Street. Uh, Get That's a Back great title, became, too. Uh, got turned into Let It Be. That's yeah, pretty well known. Uh, the Clash had an album called Last Testament, or they were about to. It was going to be a double album. They retitled it London Calling. Mm. Uh, that worked out pretty well. Probably, yeah, Probably better, yeah. They named it after the opening track. Uh, let's see. The Queen's The Miracle was originally going to be called The Invisible Man after uh, one of the songs on there. They decided they didn't like that. Uh, let's see. Nirvana's In Utero was originally going to be titled, I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. Well, that I'm worked out pretty they... well for, for Kurt. <laughs> for oh. Kurt, it did, yes. Uh, let's see. Sex Pistols, God Saves the Sex Pistols, was retitled, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols. Uh, this just goes on and on and on and on. Octun Baby was going to be called 69 and or Zoo Station. Uh, radio heads. Infatuation the, with zoos or zoos uh, like Zooropa. Uh, the world, look around you. I guess <laughs> exactly. So. Hey, so go. that's just, I mean, these things change all the time, but that's it. Just I brought this up in part just to show that nothing is inevitable about, well, anything except mm. maybe we're all going to die. But these uh, in, in pop culture, nothing was guaranteed to be a hit, nothing was. Uh, it's like that scene in Get Back where George Harrison is working on uh, something and he can't figure out the next lyric and we're all yep. screaming at the TV. It's <laughs> something in the way she moves. That's why I stopped watching that, I think. Because... Oh, because you got mad. <laughs> I watched the very first part. I love the interaction and just the way that the entire thing you know, looked. And their camaraderie uh, and or tension. Um, but as they're building songs and you watch them trying to figure out the lyric or the guitar part, we know how it ends. The Titanic <laughs> sunk. <laughs> You're right. We know how this goes. And the struggle to watch them do it 
was almost like a comedy. Something in the way she moves. George, wake up. We already know the words. <laughs> and I paid to watch this. I just, I, I don't know why as much uh, affection as I have for that band. I was going to say, you I, loved it, them. It, it just didn't, I already knew all this stuff from it's, reading it, about it for 50 years. Yeah, but it also, it's, since you know how it ends, it you almost want the Beatles to be such geniuses that they figured it out right away. Right. Instead of yeah, having right. to struggle to get there like you know, every artist actually has to do. That's a fact. And on the White Album, uh, the the stories about that that album are are just legend. Um, how they labored over that. And that was the time that um, Ringo quit. Because that was Paul at his... Um, he, was the, he, he was the tyrant. And... When you go back and you hear that record and you listen to some of the songs and the arrangements and the strings and the horns and how they did it, and Obladee Oblada sounds like a little happy, sunshiny. Uh, yeah, they they did ninety nine takes on that song. Yeah, golly, and, and not just that one. They did it over and over and over again. And one day Ringo said, "I'm out of here." And God, so would, that yeah. that ended up being a two-record set, and I guess by the end of it, the title was irrelevant, as was the cover. It's white here. It's the Beatles. We're done. And you God. wonder about, I mean, just imagine what they did in the course of, <clears throat> let's say, 62. Let's give that the starting point. And it was done eight years later. And what they brought us from those times every album was entirely different and then yeah. it just i think as it had to it just blew up and the stones are still touring hello <laughs> yes not making oh. so much new music these days but they are still touring that's okay they're alive people will still yeah. see them yeah so what's the word stuff. about about uh, dark side of the moon what is this thing that you say is a little bit oh, underwhelming yes. who was uh, which was going to be called eclipse by the way for the longest time until they settled on the dark side of the moon it's 50 years old and so that means it's time for the Golly. anniversary deluxe box set that uh got my attention just from the headline and i looked into it and ran looked for what they're going to have and frankly i find it rather underwhelming the, Aren't all of these things underwhelming 50 years no, on all these packages? No, oh. they're not, because a lot of them have extra CDs, extra DVDs, or extra you yeah, know, cut vinyls with you know, ex, uh, alternative takes, uh, yeah. you know, work in progress. They might have you know, a little booklet in there with, you know, I don't know, clippings from newspapers or photos that you know, haven't seen the light of day since they were taken. Interesting stuff thrown in with there about the that sheds more light, if you will, on the making right. of the album and the circumstances mm -hmm. and or the people or whatever. This one is going to have a 5.1 uh, original mix and remastered stereo versions, a Blu-ray disc of the uh, whole thing, and an LP of a concert recording. The end. Hmm. Great. Th I mean, I love Pink it. Floyd, but yeah, I'm probably it, not buying we, that. We've only they, heard it about 20,000 times. Yeah, but... True. To, but they're pretty add, awesome, Drake. Yeah, to add on top I've of heard. this, though, that uh, album, that uh, that 
concert is going to be made available as an independent album at some point later on this year. So there's not really any point. Unless you want to hold it in your hand, yeah. It's a money grab for some record label, the end. They don't give it. It's very, very underwhelming. So I'm, I'm... I'd say they let me down, but I probably wouldn't have bought it in the first place anyway. So that's just one of the albums that goes back to our, you know, youth mm-hmm. that I could do without ever hearing again because I heard that freaking record so much. Yep. So there are so many albums friends. like that. Unfortunately, that I mean, I've got it. I know. I, I, I don't know, but there are <clears throat> there are people about twenty five years old and or younger whose parents, you know, played that stuff when they were little kids. Yeah. And it's new to them. It's not burnout to these people. They love it. Right. That, yeah. That's the same good. story with a lot of classic rock. but And also... Beatles, these, Stones, yeah. Zeppelin, on, 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 Hendrix. It doesn't ever stop. The the kids that grew up, you know, hearing bits and pieces on the radio or that their parents played on mixtapes, if they made those or whatever, they heard these bits and pieces which is different than sitting down with headphones and listening to that album from the beginning to the end yeah 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 on, I, on, I mean i yeah i i don't know i i still I go back to and i uh when i hear this radio station and songs are playing and a song will come on and i know the song but if I can't see what the title is, from that perspective and in a in a different kind of way, I can't figure out what it is. And then I go, oh, sh-. So some of these things that are just, you know, burnt into your brain, if you hear them out of context in, in a certain way on a certain station, they sound different and better and more special and unique. Um that's why we don't play a bunch of things that have been beaten to death and are being beaten to death still. Or we play some kind of alternative, you know, track. We have the Outlaws. No, is it... Who do we have doing Sweet Home Alabama? The I Outlaws? Heard it can, yesterday or, or Kentucky Headhunters, I think. And it sounds really good. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, and, and, and a couple of side notes. That's why I like to do posts on Facebook about, you know, like I did, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, The Clash, Pink, The Doors, Imagine Dragons, 21 Pilots, Incubus, Steely Dan, Foo Fighters, and Pete Townsend that had, that had just played on Drake Digital, trying to just show the, the, the swath. And another side note, the, my 15-year-old called me from school two days ago, and he's in a music appreciation class. And he said, Mom, we have to do a project on a band. I want to read you the list of bands. Tell, tell me who you think I should pick. And he, you know, I knew he was going to make up his own mind, but I appreciated that he called me and asked me. And it was, I'm not going to remember all the bands he named. It was probably a list of 20. But there was Stevie Wonder, and he already did something on uh, Ray Charles recently. But there was Stevie Wonder, and there, mm-hmm. was the, there was the Rolling Stones, The Who, Kiss, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, um, I think they're doing, you know, they're they're in the '60s now. So there was a list of, you know. So okay. I said, well, you know who I'm going to pick. You know who I, I told him. I said, you know who I'm going to choose. My favorite band in the world, Led Zeppelin. And he was like, yeah. So anyway, he ended up choosing them, and I'm excited to see what what he, well, he finds out about them, what he writes about them, and what he. He took the about. hard way because <laughs> if he had 
if he had wanted to do this in one page. Choose Kiss, <laughs> Kiss. and you're done. Right. Was Kiss really on that list? Because really, yes, that's like a I know. paragraph. I was kind of, I know, I was kind of surprised that Kiss was on the list, but I appreciated it. But I was like, no, don't choose Kiss. I mean, well, I love them, but don't choose Kiss. Kiss is uh, performance art and rock at its best ever. Yeah. Not, and, not musically, um, not <laughs> lyrically, but what they did yeah. with a bunch of lights and smoke and shit and little funny you know, bunny faces. <laughs> yeah. That that was the that was the the best rock theater ever on a stage. Unless I'm yeah. missing somebody. I I I don't think you are. And you know, Kiss songs make me smile, and I enjoy them just for the base simple things that they are. Exactly right. Yeah. They they make they make no no bones about what they are. Right. And when those songs, you know, I guess about a decade ago, I'd have, I'd have just puked. Now when I hear them come on, it's like, yes. It's just, it's just kind of, it's fun. It's like, yeah, it's just pork fun. And it's just, it's not necessarily silly, but yes, it is. Love Gun, what? It's fun. It's just, it has the depth of a thimble. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> exactly. But it's still, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Love gun. Shut <laughs> up, Gene. Put your Peter up and be quiet. Let me read you the text that distracted me a minute ago from Anita. Okay. She says, Drake being able to say shit makes my morning. Ha ha, y'all are so funny. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that there is a relaxation and a... I don't know what the word is. Um, not that this is any easier or any different. But you know when 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 some of these walls uh, come down, this is just how we we talk. Actually, it's worse than this. But I don't want to go there <laughs> unless we just have to, and that's going to happen too. But for the time being, is that all you got over there? Oh, what's the deal? The updated thing about Graceland and Lisa Marie this weekend. I I foresee a. An out of control mess. Well, no, there's it can't be because Graceland.com has specific instructions on where people need to park and how it's going to go, and so that's why I wanted to bring it to people's attention if they were planning on attending the memorial service for Lisa Marie. She ha is has already been laid to rest. The memorial service is Sunday oh, she at has? nine uh -huh. over there. Uh huh. The wow. memorial service is Sunday at nine on Graceland's front lawn, and I'll post—I'll just put this on the Facebook page because it's too much to read. But um, it's uh, the general public is invited, um, but it's obviously first come first serve as space allows, because there's a big lawn, but no telling—you know—they can't foresee how many people are going to show up. So, Graceland parking is opening at 5 a.m. that day, but. Uh, the Memphis Police Department is not going to allow cars to line up on Elvis Presley before 5 when the parking lot opens. So it says, please plan your arrival accordingly. There is a fee to park. The uh, people will be <laughs> allowed to... That just strikes well, me as funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got you to gotta pay to go to honor and respect the memory of Elvis's kid. Somehow well, that seems so perfect. And Colonel Tom Parker in his grave gets half that money. So, <laughs> where is he buried? Hell. 
I mean, I know, but okay. Well, anyway, so um, people have to go to the to uh, fans will be allowed to enter Elvis Presley's Memphis complex via the TCB white gates located inside the main parking lot. And after you go through the gates and proceed up the ramp, you've got to turn left at Vernon Smokehouse, go d- uh, proceed uh, across skip the footbridge. All this. Put it on Facebook. I know. They're gonna, this there's going to be a, yeah. a queue line, and so people have to. So, yeah, no, it's specific instructions about how people get in line and then how they cross the street and go through the main gates. So they, well, there's a pretty I tell you a, what, I, um, I wonder, uh, and this may sound kind of sick, but um, if you've been over there, and I haven't been over there in a long time, but when you come around that corner um, and there's Elvis uh, laid to rest, his parents... Uh, his aunt, what was her name? Um, I don't remember now. And now Lisa Marie, uh, her uh, son is there. Mm-hmm. And now she is there. It, I wonder if anybody had their phone out and was taking pictures as they had to make room and move things around to fit her in there, which may sound kind of kind of callous, mm-hmm. but... Um, that place is, you know, turning into a real big, expansive uh, uh, cemetery. But mm-hmm. I wonder if people were like, were like watching these workers going, don't you even think about it. And who was there when they put that box in the ground? I know. And when did exactly did they, I mean, it was just in the past couple of days. Oh, somebody has had security you know? out out the. Butt. Oh gosh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's. But but is I haven't. What, has that circle, um, been? So are they evenly spaced? So you think somebody had to be moved over? That's what I'm thinking. What do you mean? Oh. What sounds tacky? I mean, oh. but I mean, there's just a fascination oh. to that. That. Yeah. I mean, I guess Elvis is going to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that it was a little unusual. That Danny Keogh, her uh, son, was buried there, but that was her call, and it's her business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, where does she go? Beside yeah, his, to... well, uh, she wants to be laid to rest by her son. So there's Elvis, there's Vernon, there's Gladys, there's Aunt whoever, uh, Danny Keogh, and now her. Um, so I, I don't know. There, I mean, are oh. there any pictures going to surface any time of this going down? There, uh, good question. Was TMZ stream- hiding in the trees? Was there a a, a oh, drone right, right, right. above the whole deal? Yeah, because look, there's a. It's not a circle. Well, it's not a circle. It's a. It's well, obviously, it's fenced and it's a half a circle, and and they'd have to. There's concrete because it's the walkway, like on the other side of the circle, on the other side of that fountain. Um, looking at the picture right now. They might as um, well have just put, uh, you know, they could, if they had any sense, they'd have put uh, a Jerry Lee Lewis right there with them. <laughs> <laughs> because Jerry Lee and Elvis had a great and a funny rivalry. Do you want poltergeist? Because that's how you get poltergeist. <laughs> Do you want poltergeist? What do you well, mean? <laughs> Crossing spirits? Yes, angry, noisy ghost. Causing a ruckus all the time. I think yes. 
Um, I think yes. <laughs> because Jerry Lee one night, this oh god, this is years ago when they were both young, and Jerry Lee got just you know fit chased and went over there and drove his car through the gate. He was going to see Elvis. And oh, so they yes. had kind of a rivalry. I'm not sure if they were ever, you know, pals or not. But um, I, I don't know. I, well, just well, being silly now, but it would make sense. Hell, just toss Jerry in there. Who cares? If you can't, uh, if people can't be there, they're going to stream it on their Graceland's live stream page. I'll post this on Facebook. I'm not sure I want to see that. What's there to see? Yeah, I don't know if they'll just. I guess they'll just, you know, live stream the crowd, and then I don't know who's gonna, who's gonna be there, who's gonna speak, who's gonna. I don't know. I don't know. But it's mm. Sunday at nine a.m. So. I'll be asleep. Well, I'll be out uh, of town. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Tournament to be at. That 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 just still seems to me. Of all the passings of late, that's the one that's the most unreal. I know. Uh, it's just and 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 what's going to be sadder is when the coroner and the Emmy or whomever in L.A. has to release what killed her, and everybody uh, I'm sure has had the thought at 54 years old, did she just have a heart attack or did something else you know spur this? I that's why they put a hold on the results. Uh, that doesn't happen that much. But somebody of her celebrity, I guess they're being careful or they're being asked by the family to not talk about this. They're going to have to. Uh, You know, it's, I mean, if she had two massive heart attacks, (coughs) uh, which is the, that's what happened. She had one and no one got to her in time to revive her. And then they got her her, uh, pulse back got her to the uh, hospital where she was put into a coma because she was already brain dead. And then she had another uh, cardiac arrest, and that's what killed her. So her ex-husband was there before anybody else got there. And you just have these thoughts. I mean, was there something that was lying around that shouldn't have been that he took and put up? Not to assume that she did something that killed her. That that's unfair, but everybody had the same thought because of her because of her past. Who yeah. knows, man? Well, it's over, it's, and none of that matters. She's gone. She's not coming back. Um, but it was still just a heartbreaker, and um, it definitely is. It's uh, just a sad thing. And Therese had texted the other day, made, making a good point that her grandparents died of heart attacks, and then of course her dad died of a heart attack. So are mm-hmm. we really surprised that she died of a heart attack? Plus, she was still well. Elvis had a heart attack at 42 years old because, well, for a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons, yeah. And but did she have the same reasons? I mean, she she if she was raised in that house, and all they ate was, you know, God knows what, you know, fried food and, you know, drugs to get up and drugs to crash on. Did she have the same lifestyle? I doubt she was a much of a health freak. Right, but, um, but if sometimes too, though, you know, hearts and different parts of your body, you can inherit, you know. B- oh, certainly, you know, yeah. Bad. Yeah. So I don't know. Sad. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It is all sad. Uh, where are we? Um, 
we had we have uh, two other tunes here uh, that are queued up to play for David Crosby, uh, who is now gone, and we've discussed that today. There is so much to talk about with some of these people, and there are facts and songs. We could do this forever, and um, you know, on that note, anybody who is listening out there, I would like to ask you. Um, I intend to do some some hour-long shows about various kinds of music and to look into a certain album or an artist uh, and play some of the pieces. And I've made a list that this could, this could go on forever. But if you have any ideas of what kind of a podcast you would like to hear uh, based around music, uh, text us and, and um, let us know. Or perhaps even put it on the Facebook page. Um, what kind of investigative or just to listen to some music by a band or some individual songs and kind of, you know, break them down. What would you find interesting? And I don't want to do stuff that's been overdone or um, no one cares about, but if you have any ideas about what you'd like to hear us put together with music in some kind of a you know hour long um, you know form of of some kind, let us know, and I'll work on that because that's that's the plan for this is to expand the content based around music and um, and interviews with people and you know certain things like that. So if yeah. you'd care to con- to contribute as we say in England, um, you can, you can, you can do that. Uh, let's play a couple of tunes by, what did we pull up? We pull up Shadow Captain and Carry On to wrap this up. I'm not sure we're done. Oh, well, okay. Um, I got nowhere to go. I'm just sitting there watching the uh, stock market uh, collapse, so oh, I got gosh. nowhere else to be. Um, let's play... Um, play Shadow Captain first. All right. And then uh, carry on. And if you're really into this, one of the the oddest parts about this band is you, um, on some songs, certain voices stand out. On some, they don't. Uh, Graham Nash's voice is easy to tell that that's Graham Nash. Uh, and the same with Crosby. But because of their three-part harmony, you can't always tell because of, because of of the blending of those vocals, which were great on the albums and not always great live. But people get older and, the, you know, they can't always do what they could do when they were in their 20s. Anyway, here are a, a couple of more tunes in honor of a very interesting man, David Crosby. We'll come back. Drake Digital with Drake Wes and Sid in the morning. Hear all the shows at DrakeCallMemphis.com. Drake Digital, playing the best rock and roll ever made. Yeah, all right. Yeah? Yeah, I'm just kind of spacing off. Um, (laughs) Spacing off. That's very compelling show material. You can't be quiet while you're spacing off, bro. I'm thinking about that I should have gone to the bathroom before we came back, but I didn't. And now I'm going to be obsessed with that. Dancing in your seat. Yeah, I'm already doing the pee-pee dance right now. 
Y'all talk for a minute. All right. I'll back. Well, well, I'll tell, okay. I'll tell Wes something funny and you're going to miss out. Uh-huh. Hold on. Um, I've, got to, I've got to adjust his headphone status so that we don't have weird Oh, yeah, yeah. Mute, mute him. Mute him, yeah. Wesley. Okay. Um, so t- a guy named Chris texted and he goes, uh, he was listening uh, yesterday, but it doesn't matter. He said, listening just now and Blink-182's My Own Worst Enemy was on. I know you all are probably working on it, but none of the music needs to be edited or bleeped out now. So let Blink-182 kick the living shit out of me from now on. <laughs> that's <laughs> one of the a, lyrics. <laughs> he makes a good point, but uh, that's going to have to come in time because there's there's a lot of them and... And I don't know if I denoted everyone as, as edited or not. So that may just come piecemeal as the uh, next couple of days, weeks, months will go on. Well, I, yeah, I told him, I said, damn, you're right. I said, Wes would have to go through tons of songs. Thanks for listening, Chris. <laughs> right, is he back yet? Is What's the deal? Uh, oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Someone says we don't need edited songs anymore, and they're right. Yeah, Keith, you, you know the song My Own oh, yeah. Worst Enemy? Yeah. Uh, what, uh, no, no, no. Was he, it? Said, Never mind. he missed it. Anyway. He's going to have to hear this on the replay. Yeah. I don't want to hear that's the replay ever not, again. That's what you get for not planning your, your bathroom breaks properly. Well, I can just get a jar under here. Um, what was the guy's that's, point? That would be fine. Chris said he was listening yesterday, and he heard My Own Worst Enemy by Blink-182. And he said, I know y'all are probably working on it, but none of the music needs to be edited or bleeped out now, so let Blink-182, quote, kick the living shit out of me from now on. That's one of the lyrics in the song. <laughs> but shit is bleeped out, obviously. Well, Thank cool. You, okay, now we're all cussing. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's. Yeah, you know, there. We were very careful, weren't we, with the bleeps? And I oh mean, yeah, absolutely. About we, I, I mean Wes. Yes, right. Uh, I, well, I wanted to not endanger yeah. the license. Well, there are some songs. Life in the fast lane says GD. Oh yeah. Like we're playing There's Life li- in the Fast Lane. Yeah, like yeah. Well, yeah. Duh. Bye. Well, um, yeah, I like that, but still. There's a lot of things, though. The Who's. Are we, did we play that song? Who the fuck are who you? The, yeah, who the yeah. are you? Uh, and yeah, there's a line in the Who song. What? Uh, however much I booze, that you 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 said you'd never heard, but I I caught and, and had to edit. What was uh, it? Something about like uh, acting like a fucked up sailor or something like that. Hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember that line at all. Huh. Uh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, then I'll I'll adjust as the next couple of days and weeks go on. Uh, yeah. I heard a song I'm, one day that that I I didn't check the lyrics. Um, an old Joplin tune. Um, what was the damn song? And at at the end of it, right near the fade, she says, "You expect me to." Buck, I think, like a GD <laughs> mule, right? But but you bleeped out GD, but left Buck, and I think she's saying, "Oh, truck." Well, or, I, I, I mean, I should have cut that out too. Then obviously. Well, I thought it was it was kind of funny that that one was left and one was not. But <laughs> well, she, that I, is funny. I heard Buck when I was editing, so maybe she said but, Buck. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> They're just songs. Um, a couple of things here. Reddit wa- posed a question: What's one hundred percent a scam? 
that we keep accepting in our society. <laughs> I have seen some of these. Oh, yeah. um, cool. It's really dead on, and we don't do a thing about it because it's too much of a hassle, uh, and it's a, it's a battle you aren't going to win. The fact that health insurance doesn't cover your vision or dental. Yeah, who, why do parts who, of my body need separate insurance? Who made yeah. up those rules? Number two, convenience fees. <laughs> my Xfinity bill just went up $15, and I looked at it. I can't see where anything went up except for convenience fees, which are not itemized at all. The idea that you have to either stand or sit for eight hours a day, depending upon your job, couldn't there be some kind of a happy medium? I, uh, it says, I, I promise you, I can scan items sitting down just as well as standing up. On a tangential moment, I saw this morning a little piece. Do you want to guess what time of the day your productivity peaks if you work in an office? 10 a.m. 11. About 10.42. No. Ah. And you're ah. over it. <laughs> That's why yeah. you have to have a bottle of scotch in your desk. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, lunch. You, you just have that, that one particular feeling. It's like you get back from lunch, sit down and sigh and realize that you've still got to work for 30 more oh, years. Um, I would have guessed that... that <laughs> Until you die at your desk. Um, I would have thought it's about, you know, 2 o'clock. Because you've been to lunch. Sorry. And you're back and you're full. And you give a shit about these reports you have due. And you're tired. I would have thought that you just, you know, melt down right then. But But there was also a time, and I don't know how we ever did this. We were young. Uh, for one thing, uh, back in Dallas, we'd go to lunch and have three or four beers and go back. And I'd be on the air at uh, three o'clock. You're young, yeah. I mean, but <laughs> it didn't even bother me. I may get up and just start having beers in the morning. What is there to lose now? You drink that, that should, watered down crap anyway. I don't know. You can that handle That should be three. one of the uh, things that we do when we do one of these podcasts. Just have some sort of theme, but also make sure that we've had at least one drink before we start. Why not? <laughs> hey, we work yeah, the wrong can... history. Uh, yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, it was so those. funny. Um, we should probably also, besides music, as far as doing the podcasting, mm-hmm. ask ask people, what what theme would you like for us to take on and look into and discuss? Anything. That's huge. There's more to life than music. Not much. There's books. There's art of all kinds. There's television. There are movies. Dogs. There's dogs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Other things that are obvious scams that nobody says a word about. Having lived through this with one child, this is the biggest college textbooks. Oh, is the biggest scam. Oh God, yeah. They change the price every year. It's the same book. Yeah. It's really a scam. And even worse is the professor who says you've got to buy the book that I wrote and published in order to pass this class. That would suck. Well, um, it's a scam. and <laughs> yeah. uh, But there are ways around it because my son, 
went back to school a few years ago, and he found these books in various places and not for the price that they were trying to get. I've never understood this, that it is thought to be normal to spend tens of thousands of dollars on a wedding, rings, bachelor parties. That's the dumbest damn thing to me I have, <laughs> in, I've ever witnessed. If you love them, we got married under a tree in New Orleans in Jackson Square with two friends there. The end. Beautiful. We got married in a backyard. We then got into a horse-drawn, uh, this you know, carriage thing, with a second-line band and a police escort, and drove through the the uh, French Quarter for an hour, throwing up oh. beads. Oh, That's well. how you do a wedding. <laughs> we Spend 50 grand for a bunch of shitty food with people that you don't like, your family especially. And then in eight months, you're divorced. Thanks. Money well spent. Well, I liked everybody I invited. And we did it at a place that... Are you familiar with the Junior League of Memphis? That beautiful old house that sort of looks a, a little bit churchy. On the corner of Central and Highland, and uh, no. anyway, you can rent it for different things. And we had it there, and we, you know, we we didn't spend too much. We researched everything, and we 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 bought our own. I had a you know relative in the at some distributor, so we got stuff from her. Or whatever. Anyway, and then I worked at a restaurant, so we they catered it. So that was wonderful. Didn't spend too much on a dress and. And he was very smart and about a ring and, and, and everything like that. And had a eight-person party or, you know, uh, wedding party or whatever. Um, and then had a Zeppelin tribute band who was the best one God, ever seen get over life, it. Calm play down. the reception <laughs> at the same place. We didn't <clears> drop <throat> somewhere else. Now, yes, we got a limo after. And then we went to P&H and just drank. Yeah, we... <laughs> and, then, uh, and then went to Cancun. Or not Cancun. Uh, Ellie May did all the work, as usual. She got the license, <laughs> went downtown New Orleans. Got got she got that. She found a, a a preacher, who was a lady, who, well, she was, she was fantastic, and so he did that, knocked it out, and we're still here. But to drive through the uh, French Quarter, in a horse, in a horse drawn, you know, carriage thing with I kid you not a horse named. Elvis. Nice. Oh, nice. And then we went with our two friends to a bar on Bourbon Street. Not the bad part of Bourbon Street. Yeah, yeah we went to a damn titty bar. <laughs> no. <laughs> you probably went to, to Lafitte's. No, uh, Ellie Mae does not dig that kind of stuff. We went to this bar with these, with these two. We had a freaking blast. So anyway, d don't overdo it. If you love them, Give them a ring, have a ceremony, move along. Now, of course, in our case, we didn't get any gifts. I didn't want any gifts. I wanted just the moment to be special. And then of course, next. So I don't need another fucking blender. Stop it. <laughs> uh, number seven scams. No, I don't need that. Uh, America's tax return system. Don't get us started on this. Mm -hmm. um, 
Uh, this and it's that time of year, isn't it? Uh, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, this made me laugh cheap. out loud just at the memory of my children. The biggest scams on earth, among them, claw machines. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> how, oh, how much? How, how many quarters have parents gone through putting money in that thing until you finally? Just wore the kids out, and they were in tears. And you were, yep. too, from wanting just yep. to kill them all. One okay. more time. I'm going to get it this yeah. time. One I've more I've got to say, though, there was my kid loved those things growing up, and there was one single special spectacular day when at two different <laughs> locations, two different claw machines, he, after fewer than three tries on either one, he both times walked away with one of the things from inside. Really? Wow. That's the it, only occasion I've ever heard of that happening. It's even more fun when stories pop up about kids that climbed in yes. the damn thing just to get oh, this. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to get that. That little bear is mine. Right. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm, uh, other scams. America's tipping culture. Oh, yeah. The fact that businesses have put the burden on consumers to pay their employees a livable wage is a joke. Oh, yeah. Any argument there? Oh, no, not uh, at all. No. Um, next is diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're just priced by a company to create value. It's a rock. And you can grow them in the labs. Yep. Diamonds that are just as hard and look just as good and just yep. as real, but people reject those as if the suffering it takes to get a real diamond makes it valuable. <laughs> yeah, those people are assholes. Yeah, but that, I probably yeah, have that's that just, kind of ring. Yeah, yeah, I. Well, I mean, I you know, um, ladies like diamonds, and they deserve them, in some cases, especially if you can shoplift them. But that's a whole different discussion. Uh, payday <laughs> loans. Yeah, I don't. That, what does that mean? I don't. I don't that, even that's know. where you get well, an advance on your paycheck, and the interest is ridiculously oh, high. Through that, but, well, but it, a lot of people Shit, have to do that fortune. because. Well, yeah, yeah you have but to. if you're in a situation where you're you need four hundred dollars, try mm -hmm. going to the bank and getting a loan for four hundred dollars. They will laugh at you. I will tell you with without being ashamed, there was a time I was so poor that I went and paid somebody, I don't know how much interest, to get like about 500 bucks. And I had to pay him back about 700. Yeah. This happens all the time and they yeah. make a yeah. lot of money. But you know, sometimes you're in that situation and you know, if you don't pay the 500 bucks to like, I don't know, get your car fixed now, then it's gonna cost you three times as much or you might lose your job. So, yeah. and, and yeah. again, the, the bank does not have any interest in loaning someone you know $400 for two weeks yes. <laughs> no they have other things to do service fees on concert and professional ah. sport tickets oh yeah this dude Horrible. says he was going to a hockey game a pro game ticket price was a hundred and eight dollars the fee 83 god bless just because this 50. is why Ticketmaster is going to court in two weeks to explain yeah. what pieces of shit they are. It used to be like $3. Now it's like effing 25. This one here uh, has been one of my pet peeves forever. 
it's up there with weddings. Most funeral services, they try to upsell you so much and it feels so wrong. And it is, I always think about the big Lebowski. And when Lebowski and John Goodman went in after Donnie had died and they wanted to get some kind of an urn. Mm -hmm. And this guy that was so charming and so concerned for them was quoting prices. They ended up uh, having him burned up and put his ashes in a coffee can Yeah. next. So it's, it's, it is a, it's a ripoff that plays on your emotions at a really bad time in your life. And it's a, it's a horrible scam, but it's a great business. And as the boomers die off, it's a great place to be, I'm guessing. So anyway, that's, that's your call. Uh, YouTube and other influences, influencers that come off as very phony, which is most of them. Uh, and finally it says here, I, in the U S your credit score. I wonder about what the scamology involved in that though. Because if you have good credit, it's a it's a very comfortable feeling. And mine was so bad that I bought and this has been in this has been about twenty five years ago. Um but I paid somebody in Dallas what little money I had to in air quotes, fix my credit score. Uh-huh. How'd that work? An out? absolute nightmare that oh, never God. worked at all. It never does. Don't do it. Just pay your bills on time and pay extra. Yeah, but it's just, it's weird. Yeah. It, you could live a very good and frugal and financially responsible life and avoid going into debt, which means you're a bad credit risk, so you can't get the mortgage. Isn't that weird? Because There's that's a credit the card of, yeah. that, that I had... Some years ago, and I just used it when I had to. And every month, I paid the balance down to zero. The limit on the card was 7500 bucks. It was just there as a security blanket. But I paid it down to zero every month, which what made them no money on interest. Yep. And they didn't I get a thing that. in the mail one day that saying that my credit, uh, the 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 limit was now seven hundred and fifty dollars at twenty four percent interest. Oh my and God. I suggested where they put their card in the right. hole of their choice. So yeah. the end. Alright, one more thing. Signs made funny from bad, weird, lazy transitions, Wesley. Yes. Proceed, sir. Some of these are also just stupid. This one, a poorly translated sign in Mandarin. It's got its letters, and then beneath it's got the English translation, which says, Do not disturb. Tiny grass is dreaming. I think it's supposed to mean don't walk on the grass. (laughs) That's that's great, though. It it comes out colorful. This one doesn't, though. This one is very, this is the lazy kind of translation. It's the package for a steel griddle that is supposed to be sold in English and Spanish-speaking countries. Produced, I'm supposing, in English because it says, here's on the package, steel griddle. Below that, the Spanish translation reads, Spanish, Spanish. 
lower, it goes warm, okay. griddle, slowly over low heat, avoid extreme heat or rapid cooling. Below that, Spanish, 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 Not, I'm not paraphrasing Spanish words. It literally says the word Spanish over and over and over again. Oh, man. Okay. There's a sign that's in Russian that's near what looks like a power plant or something like that. And the translation below it is, there is no escape. Okay. This, this, malfun- this malfunctioning uh, cappuccino machine at a truck stop has this quickly made label that says, I am disorder. <laughs> so I'm thinking disorder. it don't work. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just say it don't work. That's easier. <laughs> they, yeah. they did their best, I suppose. As did the people translating the menu options on this uh, Chinese menu. It's Mandarin on the left, and then the English translation on the right. Here's some of the flavor, the, the meats that you can get at this place. Wood shall be meat, toothpicks meat, fried meat, celery meat, onion explosion meat, fish-flavored shredded pork, pure speculation meat. We're not really sure what that is. That There's also is pure funny. belly clearance. Uh. There's an international hotel at their buffet. They've got uh, something written in uh, Arabic, and the translation for this, what looks like meatballs with gravy, is this is the Paula's dead dish. Wow. That's pretty weird. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's ballsy. On a 3D printer box that someone received from overseas, the English translation of this warning the idea is don't get this wet it's an umbrella with the translation saying this is afraid of wet (laughs) okay hello found at a local filipino grocery store is this drink that's labeled as gelatinous mutant coconut in syrup oh don't know if it's teenage or has superpowers or not translate Here's another great lazy one. It's a sign. It may be a barber sign based on the fact there are scissors there, but there's the uh, Mandarin lettering at the top and the bottom, a telephone number, and the translation to English right in the middle. The quote of this is, could not connect to translator service. (laughs) Nice. That's what the app said, I guess. All right. Here's a sign where the uh, laundry room for this place is closed uh, on this day from this time to this time, and it's closed for Satanizing. <laughs> well, okay. Bring the or sanitizing, whichever the case yeah. may be. Right, right. but yeah. that, it's, it's not spelled right. that way. Satan. Well, like, and then we've been talking fu- for, God, it's, it's, huh, what? One last one. <laughs> this wireless mouse package says that it is small and light, easy to carry, wireless era, infinitely damn. Well, those are pretty good. I didn't but get it's going to be for this I week. I don't either. It's going to be hard to top. No crowd surfing, or you'll be ejaculated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah, no, I I'm know. sorry. I just I, there's just no way to top that. Awesome. And that wasn't a translation. That's somebody that didn't know what the word was. <laughs> ejected <laughs> would be my guess. He was disorder. Not ejected. Oh Christ! All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you for being there and um, uh, text and uh, whatever you want to do. We're having a good time with this. And uh, yes. so there you go. Uh, rest in peace, Mr. Crosby. You had a very interesting life. It was not dull. So now we'll carry on and see what happens next. Have a fine weekend. What song do we see? I said we're going to play. Cindy Lauper. Oh, let's, yeah, this is a nice one to go out on. 
Uh, have a good weekend. We thank you for being there for us. And uh, go to Facebook or anywhere you want to. And Sid put stuff up and ask various questions. And that lets us know that you're there. So thank you. Time after time. See you later. <laughs>